Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. This week I was reflecting a lot on the image of kings and queens getting the top room in the castle. Like we know from medieval times that the kings, the queens, the princes, the princesses, they had the top rooms in the castle. Like those were the best rooms. And then I was thinking a lot of big corporations, like the boss of the business usually has the top floor. He or she is ruling over the company. And I began to ask the question, why? And of course, there was a, maybe a little bit of a jaded side of me that's like, well, of course they get it, you know. <laughs> but by and large, a lot of kings and queens and bosses, they aren't using their power for self-enjoyment. They're really trying to guide the company or the kingdom in the right direction. And so the question became for a while, why are they so high up? Why do they seem to be removed from the day-to-day operations of the kingdom or the business? And it's because they need to be freed from the day-to-day grind to guide the whole kingdom or business in the right direction. Now, someone in the business needs to ask, are we going the right way? What's our one-year, three-year, five-year plan? The men and women busy in the mailroom can't be also thinking about that. Someone has to be freed up to have that vision. Kings and queens needed to see their whole kingdom to know what is a weak spot, where are the enemies going to come from. They also had to be able to see how are the villagers doing, how are things being built. They had to look out over everything that they were responsible for. The man or woman running the meat shop in the corner of the castle doesn't need to worry about the rest of the kingdom. That's the king's job. I say this because it says in the first line of the gospel today, Jesus raised his eyes to the heavens. And it's an intentional choice on Jesus' part. He wasn't looking at the needs of the people. He wasn't obsessed with what's his next task to do. But rather, he chose to draw his eyes away from all the needs and look to the heavens because he wanted to receive anew the Father's love, the Father's plan, the Father's perspective. Jesus knew that if he didn't step away from the workaday world, the to-do list, the task, meeting people's expectations, taking care of people, if he didn't step away and look to another way of being, he would have been crushed or he would have just turned into a people pleaser. He would not have had the freedom to stand in his identity as God's beloved son and he wouldn't have been able to pour out all the love of God to everyone he met because really what he would have turned into was, I'm just going to try to please the greatest number of people. He knew he had to step away from the tasks and feast on an occasion on the Lord's look of love, the Father's gift and power to renew him and strengthen him to live his mission. 
It's important that you realize that Jesus wasn't lazy. Right? Jesus, we know, it says, all throughout the night, he met with men and women, healing them and delivering them. So he was working hard. We know he worked so hard that he took a nap in a boat one time. We also know that he sat down at a well to rest. This is not a guy who's using his unique power for his own self-indulgence. Jesus was existing to bring the Father's life and love into the world. But he knew that if he didn't step away and turn to the heavens, if he became consumed by the tasks and the to-do lists, his capacity to be a vehicle for the Father's love would have been limited. And so he looked up to the heavens. This was in my mind and heart a lot this week because I realized this week was a really hard week. I struggled a lot this week and I was trying to figure out where did this come from? Why was I feeling so burnt out and exhausted? And I realized that my day off is Thursday. And two Thursdays ago, I said, you know, I just got a lot I got to get through. I'll just make it a work day. People think it's my day off anyways. I won't have many phone calls. I'll be able to get a lot done. So I did. I just stayed and I got a lot done. I mean, it was, in one sense, it was a very attractive idea, right? Because no one wants to be known as lazy. One of the greatest compliments we can give in the workaholic world known as America is, you're a hard worker. Ooh. Right? It may be nice on the horizontal lane, but that's not anybody's identity. Or at least Jesus offers us another identity that's a lot more peaceful. But I spent the whole day working. So I spent the whole day working. Then Friday, I had a lot of things. Saturday became like a 15-hour day, and that wasn't even the Sunday yet. So by the time I got to Sunday afternoon and Monday, I was spent. My capacity to care about anyone, even myself, was so low all right, I found myself, this is how I know I'm in a bad spot. I had myself start fantasizing about Taco Bell. <laughs> when Taco Bell jumps up on my mind as a food option, I know I'm not in a great place, right? <laughs> Especially if it's an afternoon. It's really sad. You ever go in the afternoon, sitting by yourself, having Thai? It's really not a good spot. So I knew something was off, but I didn't know what it was. And so this Thursday, I was intent on really protecting the day. A friend of mine has a condo on Lake Erie. And I said, do you mind if I go there? He said, not at all. I went. I had a really good dinner with a friend. We laughed really hard. Had a great night. Friday morning, woke up early. Had a cup of coffee. Sitting out, looking at the lake. It was like a glass. It was like just so peaceful. It was warm. Did my morning prayers. And just felt Renewed. And see, this isn't a luxury. This is what it means to be human. Jesus came into this world to show you and I how to be human. How to live a kind of life that flourishes and leads us to God. And one of the deepest grinding points is, will you and I fight for what's traditionally called leisure? Or maybe simply recreation? Recreation means to be recreated. Jesus is looking to the heavens and showing us that we have to look away from, we have to step out of the crunching world of tasks and accomplishing and feast on a world of play, enjoyment, delight. This is not, according to the 
accusations of some philosophies in the 20th century for the bourgeoisie wealthy. No, this is for anyone who wants to reclaim their life, to realize our identity, our value and dignity is not based on what we do, whether we're doing really, really well or really, really poorly. Our identity comes from God, and he wants us to create spaces and times to feast on that gift, to give us the freedom to say, my value is independent of how well I did with someone. If I did really, really good, I'm not better in God's eyes. He still loves me. If I did really, really poorly, I'm not worse. He still loves me. You're created good as an unrepeatable image of God. And Jesus came to give us the freedom to heal us and show us the way to experience that in deeper and deeper ways. So what we have coming up for all of us is summer. And summer for most of us as an idea is awesome. In Northeast Ohio, the sun shines. It's like a miracle every year. And so we're very excited about summertime. And we even think about summer. And we say in the winter, I can't wait for the summer. And then do you know what happens? We get bombarded with to-do lists, tasks, and we don't feast on the gift of the season of summer. And we just get grinded down again and again. And eventually, the hope, the dignity, the joy of being alive gets suffocated. And then we just become workers, like little machines that accomplish whatever we need to, but we lose the ability to dream and contemplate and become fully alive. So I'm just going to give you a litany of things you could do this summer as a way of imitating Jesus and stepping away and seeing the stars or looking up to the heavens. First one is what I just hinted at. When is the last time you looked at the stars? Like, when is the last time you intentionally Kids and all, you don't even need a telescope. Just laid out, went to a park, and just looked at stars. And realized that, like, like GE, they make great lights. You can make lights different colors. You can control it from your phone. But that's man-made. These are lights shining in the stars that no human being ever created. People have written poetry about them. Philosophers in ancient Greek thought they were gods shining down. Like the stars are mesmerizing. When is the last time you just enjoyed them? Or I'm a sunrise guy, not a sunset guy. When is the last time you woke up early to get a cup of coffee just to watch the sunrise? Did you know that the sunrise scatters the darkness of night before you can even see the sunrise? That the darkness of night is scattered by the light without violence or aggression or hard work. There's a message in there every morning for us. When is the last time you went and saw live music? The beauty of art and just live music being performed well. I mean, just to see, boy, this is happening right now, to be inspired and energized by it. We have a lake. It's called Lake Erie. Can you go there and just enjoy this? One of the first revelations that God is good is creation. That he creates a home of beauty where our hearts can be captured with the goodness of creation and be moved to gratitude. 
And this isn't even to mention that after Jesus looks to the heavens, he then prays. So prayer is a way of renewing and reclaiming your dignity. We're so often willing to go do a bunch of things for God, but the one thing that he actually calls us to is to Sabbath. I have people tell me, Father, I keep all the Ten Commandments. I go, how do you do about keeping the holy day of Sabbath? Well, you know, God listed the Ten Commandments. He commanded us for a day to recreate, recreate before he said don't kill. How important is this from God? How much does he want this from us? So here's my one piece of advice. Make a plan. This way of living will not happen automatically. No one will give it to you. No one will sacrifice a lot so you can have a beautiful hour or two outside or contemplate or pray or meditate or read a good book. You got to choose to do this. So make a plan this summer, daily, weekly, monthly. And imagine how different Labor Day could be if you spent the summer feasting on the gift of life from God. You'd radiate it to others and you'd know how to make that a gift for others so that we could become more human and according to the gospel, more Christian. Amen.